0: Welcome to the 7 Figures Podcast. Smart money strategies for women with Sandy Waters. 7 Figures is sponsored by Advantage Federal Credit Union. Today on the show, what's your net worth? You're not alone if you can't answer that. We'll explain the right way to figure it out and why it's so important to know your number in No Dumb Questions. Plus, how to deal with the pressure of being a great mom and having a great career. Owner of Goods Galore, Selena Osimo, will be on the show. She'll explain how she does it and how she caught the attention of a reality TV show. And we'll take a seat at the kids' table when it's time for your teenager to get their first car. Who should pay for it? What do the kids think? And what does our expert say about it? All of that today on the 7 Figures Podcast. Here's Sandy Waters.
1: It's so awesome that you are here. A lot of you I know would love to just push the financial responsibility off to somebody else, but trust me, it's good that you are here. It's an incredible feeling to proudly say you are a financially confident woman and you might not be there just yet, Don't worry, we're going to help you get there. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. Thank you for subscribing, telling a friend about the show. Always makes my day when I hear from you directly. So reach out anytime, sandywaters989 at gmail.com. All right, I want to give a shout out before we get started to Lisa Sawyer, who reached out to us and said that she just paid off 12 truck payments. She is done. So liberating when you make your final payment. So cheers to Lisa Sawyer.
0: Answers, the answers, you, you.
1: There's a lot of lingo, a lot of facets of your financial life. And one thing that may be holding you back, because it does for a lot of people, is fear and a little bit of embarrassment to speak up and admit that you don't fully understand. This is your money. You deserve to know what's going on with it. And that is why we start the show with no dumb questions. Our CFP, Erica Cummings, joins this part of the show from the Harmony Financial Wellness Group at RBC Wealth Management. Hi, Erica hi
2: sandy how are you
1: good okay so today calculating our net worth
2: how do we do it the right way and why is it so important to know that number this is probably one of the most important things that people need to determine in order to have an action plan for how they're going to make every other money decision and it's something that people look at and feel like it's overwhelming but it it really doesn't have to be and like you were saying earlier that it's important to really have a grasp on all of your finances and your net worth is a perfect way to consolidate all of that so basically your net worth is essentially a snapshot and a key indicator of your overall personal financial health so the simplest definition of net worth is your assets minus your liabilities so what you have and then what you owe so essentially calculating your net worth is actually not that difficult First, you want to write down all of your assets, and assets are simply something that you actually own. So you own them, you can sell them, they can become cash, and they can be some something that's worth money to you. So some of the most common assets that we have are of course cash, checking accounts, savings account balances, if you have investments, so your 401ks, different brokerage accounts, any type of collectibles, so if you do have Jewelry, or you have art or other rare items that are of value, those are part of your assets. If you own a business, any type of real estate and other property, so obviously your primary residence, any land that you own, condos, etc., and then vehicles. So these are all the most common assets. There's certainly many, many more that we could go through, but for the average person, this would be their list of assets that they have. These are things that are owned by you. This is kind of on the positive side. So you list all of those and then Calculate how much all of that's worth, and that's on your left-hand side. On your right-hand side, you'll have all of your debt. Debt is something that's owed. The most common examples of debt for us are student loans, the amount that you own on your mortgage or your properties, any type of loans on your vehicles, credit card balances, outstanding lines of credit. If you have tax bills, medical bills, personal loans, and then for those of you that are in unique situations, you may have alimony. These are all things that have to now get paid out. So it's not uncommon when you're young to actually have a negative net worth. And I really want to stress to not freak out because many of us, when we start out, we can't just pay cash for our our houses. At that point, we haven't built up a whole lot of money in our 401Ks. We have student loans. We have vehicle loans. So it may look really bad on paper. But as long as it's what we call kind of quote unquote necessary debt. That's not a bad thing. And then Mm -hmm. as you get older, you tend to see the asset side get larger, and then you see that debt side get smaller. Either way, it's critical that we know these for basically five key reasons. Number one, because financially, it is literally your blueprint. It's who you are. You really have no idea what your precise financial situation is until you know your net worth. And I can't tell you how many people I have met over the years that don't know exactly what they're worth. And you could have a million dollars in assets, but that doesn't mean that your net worth is anywhere where it should be if you have $2 million in debt. Mm -hmm. It's also a great measurement for year over year progress. So as I said, when you're younger, it's perfectly normal to have more on that debt side than on the asset side. But obviously over time, we wanna make sure that we're paying down that debt, we're increasing our savings, we're increasing the things that we own. So it's a really nice way for you to be able to measure it year over year. It also refocuses your financial emphasis beyond income. So you're not just looking at the paycheck day to day it is a huge part that it allows you to um, have a point of reflection. So it really allows you to put a lot of emphasis on that saving for the future because every time we see that chunk come out of our paycheck for our 401k, sometimes we can say, oh my gosh, especially when we're younger, wouldn't it be nice to have that money now? I could be taking a vacation. I could be um, enjoying my life in the present by having that net worth and seeing it grow and seeing the debt go down, it really helps you to kind of refocus on the bigger picture. Also, it wakes you up to the downside of debt instead of just emphasizing on assets. So when you see that large number on the debt side or you're going to buy a home or you're deciding whether or not to pull the trigger on that fancy new car, when you put that in on the debt side and you see how much it reduces your net worth, it does make you at least think twice about it. So. Money not going out is the same as money coming in. And hopefully you've been working long enough and, and you're looking at it long enough to understand that there you need to have a lot of money put away in order to be able to retire for the rest of your life. And you don't want to have a big mortgage. You don't want to have all of this other debt when you're going into retirement. So this is really part of that big financial plan that we always talk about. And it's really critical. And having that net worth will make you make more prudent decisions about the future. And lastly, banks and lenders care. So they want to see when you're going to borrow, They want to see what your credit looks like. And remember, credit has multiple factors, but one of it is just how much extended credit you have. So it gets harder and harder to get loans if you have so much debt. So in terms of how to calculate it, it's not that hard. It's just a matter of sitting down and doing it. And again, don't freak out. It's a starting point. And then everything can only go up from there.
1: Perfect. All right, what are you working on? How can we follow you?
2: Yeah, so in August, we are going to start another webinar series, uh, kind of our summer school webinar series. So anybody that wants to get on our email list, feel free to reach out to me at erica.comings at rbc.com. Also, you can visit us on our website at harmonyfinancialwellness.com. And we also have a Facebook page with the same name. Wonderful, thank you so much. You're welcome.
1: The minute you become a mom, it's a battle. It's a battle for your attention. Every day, every minute of every day, you have to choose who's going to get your focus, your career or your kids. And it's tough sometimes. Moving up in your career can be demanding. Having kids can be demanding. And a lot of women, ultimately, they change their priorities. They reprioritize putting their big career goals on the back burner. Selena Asimo is with me. And you totally get it. The
3: struggle is real. Yeah. The struggle of the juggle. That's what I call it. Oh, there
1: you go. (laughs) Selena is uh, the owner of Goods Galore. And thank you so much for taking a minute to chat with us.
3: Thank you for having me. Super excited. I love, first
1: off, how you were just so open and honest about how your husband was kind of gently pushing you to stay home and be with the kids. Absolutely.
3: Yes, his mother was a stay-at-home mother. He was used to that kind of lifestyle. I'm sure, you know, his father worked full-time. His mommy had dinner ready for him and got him off to school every morning. And he wanted me to do that, you know, for for our children, which I totally get. There's nothing better than having your mom be there for you when you're young.
1: And I know it sounds very traditional old school, but I think there are a lot of women who deep down inside kind of want that too.
3: I, yeah, I mean, I, I've always wondered what it, what it would be like to be a stay at home mom. It's, it's great being able to experience as they uh, obviously is hands down amazing. But at the same time, if you are not satisfied with your life, and you feel like you want more, you just mm-hmm. have to ask yourself, you know, you're the only one who can change it. So you got to ask yourself what else you can be doing.
1: Yeah, and it actually is very important. No matter how you re-prioritize your your goals, your right. career goals, your family, it is so important though still to have some sense of control of your money.
3: Exactly. I just it wasn't for me to um, be one hundred percent supported by someone. I always wanted to basically do my own thing, have my own money to buy whatever I wanted, and I felt selfish about it once in a while, but I always knew that I wanted more and I wanted to make some real money.
1: Okay. So you tried to make your hubby happy and you live that, you know, you you stayed at home with the kids, but then you explored opportunities where you could make your own money.
3: I did. I did a few multi-level marketing jobs, um, from home with the kids on the side. I did, I tried Nerium, which is a skincare business, um, that you have to do in home parties for also sell online. So it was only $500 to start up the business. So I started small and I felt like I could afford to, you know, lose it. Little small risk involved there. So I started there and it got me in the mood to do more. So then came along LuLaRoe, which is a little more of a risk to get into. I think it was about $8,000 by the time I ordered all my clothing, my racks, my clothes hangers. You know, a lot more risk than the 500
1: I did not realize that's how much it's out of
3: pocket for you. Yes, it is is a lot involved with this business. Um, You had to have the inventory. You had to have a space to sell out of. And not to mention the Tahoe I had to buy to lug around all my merchandise. Oh, (laughs) good excuse buying the Tahoe. Yeah, Yeah. it's not to fit the kids. (laughs) It's to fit the clothing. Yeah. And I, and I was doing home parties in Perry, which is an hour away. So my mom's in Perry. So I had a lug 10 suitcases full of clothes and my oh. two kids in the back seat to Perry, drop them off at my mom's so I could go to my parties, my house parties in Perry and sell my clothes. So it was, you know, it was a lot.
1: Oh, that's stressful. But it was. That's stressful. But yeah. now, did you make good money, though? Did you make that $8,000?
3: back? Oh, yeah, I absolutely made it all back within the first couple months. I mean, oh, you got really? to work hard. Yes, you need um, to, to, to book the parties, I, I think around a 1000, maybe 1500 every every in home party. Wow. You know, you get all your girlfriends together, maybe a couple drinks and you try on clothes. I mean, that's like the best job, right? So
1: I've always wondered about those marketing, multi-level <laughs> yeah. marketing companies, yeah. how, how much effort. So you got to really hustle to make the money. You
3: do. You have to hustle and you do have to get people under you to make the big box, which I, I honestly couldn't. I did my thing. I sold my clothes, but I didn't really really to get people under me. I think I was just losing steam. Mm. So I'm, I made my money back. got out of it what I wanted to. And that really set me in the mind frame for the next venture. Yeah.
1: Let's talk about that next venture. Cause that's another big risk. Oh my God. Huge risk.
3: So this next venture that we took is now goods galore. So we transitioned the, the LuLaRoe website with about 5,000 people. I told my people in the group that this business venture was ending, but not to leave the group because we have something really super exciting and special in store for these 5,000 people. So we transformed this Lululemon group into what is now called Goods Galore. So Goods Galore is our physical store located at 475 Spencerport Road in Gates. And at Goods Galore, we sell overstock merchandise from all your big name retailers. So we're talking brand new merchandise, but forty to eighty percent off retail prices. Now, your husband's side
1: note has his own company, right? Yes. Landscaping company. So he has yes. that entrepreneurial mind going. Absolutely. But how did you even get involved in this? How do you <sighs> well um <how> we <laughs> big involved, deep breath? Okay. So, yeah. I
3: know. <laughs> so we honestly we're you know, we're always looking for things to do to we'll make money. So he's kind of stumbled onto this this website of a local business um, and they were selling, it's called pallets, what the merchandise comes on. So they were selling pallets of merchandise. Now you could bid on these pallets, not knowing what's in them. You knew a general um, category as far as like kitchen items or, and you knew where the store, what store main retailer they were coming from. So you, you could choose a category, you just didn't know what you were bidding on. So we would bid on like 10 things, we'd win all the bids, and we would go take the trailer to this, this business, and we would fill it up with all of our pallets, all of our boxes, and we didn't know what was in these boxes. We just knew we won them, and it was exciting, and we couldn't wait to open them. So we'd get home, we would unload the trailer, put all the boxes in my garage, and then we would start pulling them into the house. We would open each box up. It's like Christmas morning. You don't know what you're going to get. We would then go to the retailer that they came from, and we would price shop. And then we would knock maybe 40 to you know 80% off, depending on the, the quality of the item. If it's brand new, we're going to do 40% off. So um, are there so- times where you... I mean, here's another risk taking
1: right here. What a huge risk to buy, sight unseen, a yes. pallet of merchandise. Right. Are sometimes the merchandise, the boxes damaged, and the
3: merchandise inside is damaged? So... Um, this was about two weeks into this and it was kind of, uh, it was a a shot in the gut. We, we got a huge pallet from, I can't mention the retailer, but we didn't know that when the, when there was this retailer puts items in their overstock department, they make customers cut the cords on their products. So we got a pallet full of crock pots, coffee pots, vacuums that were completely, the cords were all cut. (gasps) <gasps> completely yes it was their return policy that when they got re- items back they would cut the cord throw them in their overstock department we didn't know this it was our first experience buying from this um this uh retailer and it was just oh, huge loss oh that's an
1: odd policy so how much did yes. you how much did you pay for that um, palette of merchandise so Do you i'll re-
3: say like two grand oh my gosh yeah. selena yeah two thousand dollars and just all gone down the toilet. So yeah, that's definitely like, you know, something a lot of people would be quit immediately. Yes, yes, you know? I would. <laughs> I know. It's so, so okay, so now take me here before we get to
1: you guys grabbing the attention uh, of the show Extreme Unboxing on A&E. Talk me through risk taking because it feels like for you, it's just natural. You are just so easygoing with, oh, we took a risk. We spent $2,000 and oh, well.
3: <laughs> I've always been like this my entire life. I I mean, I just just do it. Nike motto. I just say, just do it. Just go for it.
1: Okay, so it comes natural to you yeah. to just go for it. But yes. for the other people who are listening, like me included, who
3: <sighs> need that little nudge. You just got to ask yourself does the potential gain outweigh the risk do you see this making you super happy do you see you know getting out of your your whole uh, comfort zone i just feel like every experience makes you a better uh, businesswoman so don't be afraid to fail if you do then you move on you take another risk just get yourself out of that bubble ask yourself if you're happy and if you're not then you're the only one who can change it so just go for it Okay,
1: and now we got to talk about this show. Okay. A&E found you guys, and now yes. you are going to be on uh, on the show Extreme Unboxing.
3: Yes, we're so excited. We filmed this show back in September, October, and November of last year. So we've been keeping it a huge secret this whole time, and we're so excited that it's finally going to air Tuesday, August 4th at 10 p.m. at night. There's going to be two episodes back-to-back. It's we're just thrilled about this show. So the
1: show is all about what you guys do. It's all about other
3: people like, like there's goods yes, galore. There's, there's six couples on the show, um, and it kind of goes through our daily life of how each one of us runs our overstock business. Me and Bobby are the only ones with a physical store on the show. Um, another couple, yeah, another couple on the show is a, is a, a well known YouTube personality um, with, you know, a million followers. Uh, another couple is actually a priest and his wife and how they just do it out of their house. I mean, there's, there's six different couples, lots of different personalities. They, we all do it completely different. And this is just a look into how reseller overstock. And you know what, for any of you listening who
1: is insecure about where your job path is going, or you're looking for other ways to make money. I think you would agree that there is always a buyer for something. Go purge the basement because you will find a buyer for it.
3: Right. If you were to walk down in your basement right now and you find any workout equipment laying around, you can get almost almost full retail if you were to post this on a website or on um Facebook Marketplace, on a garage sale site. Pools. If you have any pools laying around that your kids don't use. Any outdoor patio furniture. I mean, you could make a good buck just selling them on your local garage sale sites. There's a high need for Kind of seasonal stuff right now,
1: and you know, you feel like this market is saturated, but the more people that I talk to, it really isn't. There's room for everybody,
3: there is nobody gets the same stuff, so there's really no competition. If another person decided to open a store tomorrow, I mean, they're gonna get completely different stuff. People yeah. don't return the same exact stuff to every single store, you know what I mean? There's always the a lot to choose from well congratulations to you
1: and bobby i'm so glad that you're
3: able to have
1: it all be that great mommy that you want to be but also make that (laughs) money that you want to make
3: just kept taking the risks and it finally you know paid off even the way you say
1: it you're like just eh, go for it take those risks yes (laughs) just do it okay we're gonna keep an eye out for you guys on extreme unboxing on a and e it premieres on august 4th that is coming up 10 p.m two back-to-back shows Look out for uh, Selena and Bobby. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Sandy. We're so excited about
3: this. Thanks for having me on.
1: It's time to take a seat at the kids table now. Our money expert, CEO of Money Savvy Generation, Susan Beecham, is here with us. Hi, Susan. Hey, Sandy. Okay, are you ready? Today we asked the kids who should pay for a teenager's first car when they get their license. Here's what the kids said. Let's start with how old you guys are. How old are you? Nine. I'm 15. Alright, do you think, and this is good for you because you're almost 16, when you turn 16 and get your license, do you think your parents should just give you a car?
3: I think parents should give kids a car on their 16th birthday. The exciting part about turning 16 is getting a new car. I think they have to work to save up money to get gas. The actual car, I think since it's a big expense, I think that the parents should um, allow their kids to just be gifted a car
1: are all your friends getting a car for their 16th birthday yes they are just getting either their parents old car and their parents are
3: getting a new one but a lot of my friends are yeah they're just getting a car
1: their parents are just buying them a car outright they don't have to put any money in it
3: because their parents get a new car
1: susan can i (laughs) bribe you to say what i want you to say Because I have no intention on just giving or, as she said, gifting my kid a car. And apparently, uh, according to my almost 16-year-old, I'm like the worst mom in the world because every every other parent is doing it.
4: Well, you know, you can tell your child who thinks you're the mean mom that you're the tough mom and that you are preparing her for what real life is all about. And in real life, it is rare, if ever, that people gift you something as sizable as a car. Uh, But, you know, the the first question as a parent that you have to ask yourself when you hear your child talking about getting a car and everybody getting a car, you just have to take a step back from that, take your blood pressure, calm down. <laughs> you know, just calm down. yeah yeah, reacting. Um, and, and ask yourself the question, all right, what fits into our lifestyle? Mm. It, you know, I have a, a about to be 16 year old they're thinking they should get a car. but really, the first question we got to ask here is what fits into our lifestyle? Is this car a need or a want? Is it a need? It's gonna help you, mom and dad. There's no other transportation option. It's going to help them get to a job because you really do want to support a good work ethic. Um, Or maybe it's a want. They don't want to use the bus. They don't want to take the bus that takes everybody else to school. They don't want to ride their bike. They don't want to walk. They want to drive. They want to drive to a job or they want to drive to activities. So ask that first question. Well, see, now you, you listed all those
1: examples and I'm almost positive most parents would say yes it would alleviate a lot of stress on everybody's schedule if our child had a car i don't know how many other parents are feeling it but i am feeling almost the pressure from the neighborhood from other parents yes my daughter says it that supposedly quote unquote all of her friends are getting a car but even in my world of parents it is true there's almost that weird pressure out there and i don't know is that the reason why so many parents are just yes okay fine i'll i'll
4: take care of that for you well you know i hate to bring up the term fake news but i think our kids bring a lot of fake news to the table when they're advocating oh sure and <laughs> that's true <laughs> right and i think they they present with their strongest hand absolutely everybody else is getting it You heard this when they wanted a mobile phone, a smartphone. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, community pressure, whether it comes to hosting, buying uh, a smartphone or hosting a party with alcohol at your home is never a reason to do anything that doesn't align with your family values.
1: What lesson does it teach if the parent, and here again, I'm almost forcing you to say what I want you to say. No, honestly, (laughs) though, do you think the parents should, if they can afford it? pitch in and how
4: much see i won't give you the answer (laughs) yes or no i'm gonna gonna, i know i'm gonna make you walk through the steps with me okay all right you, You had this this discussion with yourself and your partner about does it fit into your lifestyle and it will help you then you determine is this car happening is this car happening if the car is happening okay then it can happen in one of two ways it can be a sharing of a family car Or it can be a purchase of a new car or a used car. I suggest strongly, if you can, that you start with the sharing of a family car because it's easier to teach your child personal responsibility with a family car. And you do that by putting down in writing, yes, in writing, what that car is to be used for how will they take personal responsibility for the privilege of using that car? Mm. What will they pay for? Will they pay for gas? Will they pay towards the insurance increase? Um, Will they pay for a ticket? Will they pay for an accident, maybe the deductible? And I'm saying you put this all in writing and you start with a baby step, sharing a family car, because uh, our memories aren't as good as our kids' memories. Okay. So we need to be reminded what the agreement was when we said to them, okay, I'm going to consider this whole car issue with you. I can see how this might play out. I can see how this could help you get to the job that you've worked so hard to get. I can see how it could help me. Let's sit down and let's put all of the advantages in writing, what our expectations are of each other and the costs associated. Okay, and let's try it for thirty days. Let's see what happens with a sharing of a family car.
1: Okay, so now take us to the next level. So, say we did that. Okay, great. Or if we want to jump over that step and go right to the vehicle.
4: So let's say you you say, okay, you're sixteen years old, and um, I'm going to first we're going to talk about sharing a family car, but you would really like to save to purchase a new car. Oh, no, no, mom. Uh, 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 no, I want you to gift me a car. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. So so I appreciate that. I really do. But that is not going to be how we're going to play this out. That is not going to be what we're going to do. We're going to start with the sharing of a family car. And then we're going to move towards, and we will help you make a wise decision on the purchase of an additional car. It can be new. It can be used. It can be bought. It can be pr- at least. But this is an educational process that's really good to walk the walk with your child through. Research the car, talk about the cost of ownership, maintenance, insurance. If you want to get them there faster with their down payment on this car, offer to match a set amount. But make sure you limit it because some kids are extraordinary savers and what you would have to match would be too big a number. So they'll be driving a nicer car than you. (laughs) Right, right, right. At least what you've done is you have educated them on the process of making a wise decision when it comes to a big purchase. Don't even call, I mean, don't even think of it as a car, a big purchase. Mm. I mean, after a house, a car is the biggest purchase that most people will make if they say. At the end of this, it's really great. You want to teach me how to buy this new car. Um, I get, we've written it all down. Cost is, is really big. I still want to do it. Absolutely. So how are you going to save that money towards that car? No, I was kind of hoping you would, no, no, I've already told you how we're going to do this. This is our family. And I understand you've talked to me about all these other families that are doing it differently. Well, that's not our family. That's not how we do things. Now, here's what I want you to wrap your arms around and hold tightly. Kids mirror what they see. So the behavior that you're going, the steps you're going through right now and how you're showing them how to walk through the process of buying a new car or or leasing a car or using a family car and understanding costs and consequences You're showing them this is what you would do and they will in turn when they become a young adult, independent of you, they will do the same thing. If however, you cut it short and you say, yeah, 16, you can have this car and we're going to buy a new car. Then I want you to be prepared for that request to come from your child in the future for the next big purchase.
1: Uh, Wow. That's pretty, that's pretty
4: powerful right there. It's painful when we have to say no to our children. It is. But I am telling you, and you know this because Mm -hmm. we've all gone through this, it isn't as meaningful to them. It is the car that they get, you know, these kids who get gifted a car, I guarantee you go talk to all those parents three months into that. And you're going to hear parents say, I can't believe they just don't, they left the back windows open and it rained. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because they have no investment in that car. Explain to them, this isn't punishment. You know, strongest steel passes through the hottest fires. As parents, (laughs) we become stronger. And when we put our kids through the paces, they become stronger.
1: Valuable insight. Thank you, Susan. Where can we find you? How can we follow your great work?
4: You can always keep up with me and with what I'm working on. Um, or ask even your own kids and money question by visiting my blog at Susan b e a c h a m dot com, and you can find all our money tools at moneysavvy s a v v y dot two V's there.
1: Thank you, Susan. Hey, Sandy. Thanks. So much good stuff. If there's ever a topic that you have that you want us to answer and no dumb questions, let me know. If there's a guest you want me to try to get on the show or if you need help talking money with the kids, you just reach out to us. Cheers to each and every single one of you who is proud to say that you are on your way to being a financially confident woman. Talk to you next week.
0: Thanks for listening to the 7 Figures Podcast. Click subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Seven Figures is sponsored by Advantage Federal Credit Union.